0: This is Through the Pickets, a podcast proudly brought to you by the New Zealand Cricket Players Association, where we showcase our members' interests, achievements and experiences either side of the white picket fence, with more of a lens on their off-field endeavours. This is the last episode of Through the Pickets for 2022, as we will be taking a bit of a break for the summer and will return in the new year for season two. One of the questions we ask our members on the podcast is, do you have any funny, Odd, unique stories you would love to share, and we've had a few crackers. So what we've done is we've taken a few of the more memorable ones for your listening pleasure, starting with Jacob Warram from Episode 5. Hope you enjoy. Jacob, the black Blackcaps seem to be going from strength to strength. What do you think has been
1: the key to success? Uh, me retiring. Uh, when I did, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> the win ratio went up and I stopped playing. We've
0: had... A few interesting stories from previous podcasts uh, about stories from your playing days. So not trying to like put you on the spot, but any great stories from your playing days, PG rated, please. And and that would be appropriate.
1: Yeah, well, I thought about people I met, I thought I'd I'd think through that. So um, talked about that that football connection before, managed to meet uh, Sven Goran Eriksson when he was coaching England, uh, or managing England, I should say. Um, and also Martin Tyler, you know, the, the, um, the
0: famous football I commentator, interviewed
1: actually by Martin yeah, Tyler. Cool.
0: Everybody yeah. knows
1: him. We went to watch um, yeah, at Manchester City Stadium, went and watched England, Japan. This would have been before the 2008 World Cup. And I'll say I met David Beckham, but I didn't really. He just ran about a foot away from me, <laughs> but it was good enough. And, uh, man, they're small dudes, those footballers as well. The, probably the biggest one, though, is not an athlete. It's probably Elizabeth Hurley. So when I was playing at Rajasthan Royals in 2011, and Shane Warne was there as, as sort of player, where he was player captain, and he was doing a bit of the coaching as well. And that's when, during his period, when he was with Elizabeth Hurley, and she was basically at the IPL and on tour with the team and him for uh, two or three weeks. So sort of just interacting with her, and it goes back to when I had a... A poster of her on my wall growing up and it was like this this weird sort of you know sliding doors moment I was like where am I am I in my my <laughs> scarfy varsity room with her on the wall or is it my is this real but that was cool and turned out she has an organic she lived on an organic farm herself so all of a sudden obviously it's like okay organics there's my foot in yeah it was uh not sure if I said too much through the uh <laughs> through the blubbering but you know is this being recorded? People going to remember this. <laughs> I thought you were about to say.
0: Turned out, she had a poster of me on her wall as her favourite cricketer. Well, <laughs> I would not be here talking to you if that was the case. In episode four with Susie Bates, she shared her story from when she represented New Zealand in basketball at the Olympics. A little Birdie told me uh, that you met LeBron James.
2: <laughs> uh, it's a great story. Sometimes, I um, sort of pinch myself that it actually happened. I'll tell the shorter version, but as a New Zealand basketball team, we tended to go. So the women played one day and the men played the next day. So, as basketball fans, we'd go and watch the men's games every other day. Um, And on all teams, there were NBA superstars. And we went to the final, which was Spain versus USA, and we had. Some girls in the team that were quite good at making connections with people, and one of the girls I won't name any names, but she'd made a connection with a security guard from the USA basketball team, who said, "Look, if you wear these t-shirts, because everyone was supporting Spain because they were the underdogs, if you guys wear these t-shirts and support us, you know, maybe." you can come to the after party so of course we put the t-shirts on and pretended we were cheering for the usa but i think deep down we wanted spain to win and so he said look i'll give you my number we'll be in touch so we left the stadium went back to the village and about an hour later the girl was like quick quick we've got to go now let's go the bus is here and so we were like what what Anyway, I get on the bus and it was the Dream Team bus. And there was a <laughs> big whole USA basketball team. Um, there was some other mainly female athletes on the bus. And there was the New Zealand Women's Basketball team. And we got taken to this rooftop party and we had to have the curtains closed. We weren't allowed our phones. LeBron James went down the whole bus and introduced himself to everyone. And it was like, yeah, we know who you are. But, <laughs> you know, Kobe Bryant was there. Um, you know, there was Dwayne Wade. And anyway, we went to this party and we hung out in a booth with the USA basketball team and they had to catch a flight the next day. So their party got cut a little bit short um, and we carried on and got home and could hardly believe what had happened. So <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't even speak the whole night. I was a 19-year-old. You know, I'd watched NBA on TV and I just sat there shaking, like couldn't get any words out. So I didn't really make the most of the opportunity, but I was there. <laughs>
0: One of the characters in our game is Ace's wicketkeeper, Ben Horn, who is never short of a good story. At present, you live with your partner, Laura, who you mentioned. But before those days, uh, you flattered with Lockie Ferguson, Henry Cooper from ND, in a flat called, tell me if I've got this right, is it called the Yesman Hut?
3: Oh, oh, it was the Yizman Flat. Um, the we, flat. Were the, we were the Yizman Boys. Yeah, yes. we still are the Yizman Boys. The, okay. yeah, the made, lives on.
0: Yeah. What made you decide to name your home?
3: Hey, look, Dennis. I would <laughs> love to tell you that, but um, fortunately, I'm bound to uh, secrecy um, under the Yizman oath. But <laughs> uh, there was a hell of a setup we were running for a few years there. Um, so Locke and Henry and I were quite often hosts to social gatherings and events, usually of the dress-up variety. Um, mm. kind of figured that if you're going to have people around you might as well make the most of it so we had some great themes throughout the years Um, my favorite probably being what we called our rest in peace party where you could come dressed as your favorite dead celebrity or character Um, so we had henry rocking walter white from breaking bad i was elvis uh, and Lockie was bane from batman so yeah it was it was a it was a fun time and it was good setup and the trips in to Eden Park when ND were playing Auckland and Lockie and I were playing for Auckland and Henry was playing for ND were quite hilarious. You know, we'd all roll in in the same car. Good luck today, fella. Not too much burgers tonight, though. What are you working for dinner kind of thing? (laughs) And then um, obviously, you know, when I was keeping and Henry was batting and Lockie was bowling, it was pretty special. So, yeah, it was was a really cool time.
0: Is it true, and I don't know if some of your colleagues might have been embellishing a little bit, that you guys had Yesman merchandise made up? Uh, if my sources are correct, and even perhaps one or two of you might have even got a Yesman tattoo.
3: Yeah, so I'm actually currently wearing a Yesman t-shirt um, underneath my lovely rod and gun kora zip. Right. So we, did, we do have some uh, Yesman kits. <laughs> I've got a pair of Yesman fat pants that are great for you know dusty weekends. And um, yeah, Lockie and I earlier this year picked up our Yesman tattoos from the local K Road uh, Otatahi Tattoo Parlor. So... We've been uh, chasing Henry a little bit for for him to, to pick up the slack and get his one on board, but, um, yeah, the yearsman will always live on on my outside left foot. Like Ben
0: Horn, Katie Martin is brilliant for a chat, and this is just one of her classic yarns from episode 24. Now, this one, I'm going to be honest, I have spoken to some of your colleagues, friends, players, a name that you've mentioned a few times, so when I chuck this out and go, any stories from your playing days... <laughs> and I I have some I can chuck out at you if you want to elaborate on them
4: I mean you can throw them out, I mean there's lots of different stories depends what, you throw them out
0: here's here's a couple I've been told Uh, there's a lap of honour at the MCG how did that go for you? Uh, there's walking down the road in England with Susie Bates and you walked into someone
4: Yes. Um,
0: and and, uh, so that one I I was laughing quite a bit there Um, and also coming in hot to um, wicket celebrations and and maybe slipping over or, or something along those lines
4: yeah, those are the three classic ones.
0: This is your time, so is yeah. any one of those you think that would be more worthy of sharing with our audience than than another?
4: Well, the second one is definitely not appropriate, but it was, I mean, it was the most funniest, most embarrassing moment of my life. But at the MCG, we, um, <laughs> I actually got a, <clears throat> I got a five-minute talking ban because I was just, I just talked too much. And anyway, the five-minute, we're walking around to get to the next part for our um, after-the-game celebrations and... And my five minute ban had been stopped. So I was just absolutely rabbiting away and I was talking away and wasn't looking where I was going and then bang straight into a door. So my whole face banged into this door because I was too busy talking. So that was the first part of the MCG. So the girls were in hysterics then. I actually had five minutes of not talking because I couldn't feel my face. And then Frankie McKay and I were running a little bit late. We just got distracted. I think we met one of the guys of Kath and Kim and we got distracted yarning away to him and, we had, um, you have your all-access passes. This has been the best idea, I reckon, of my entire life. So we were walking back, and it was the, it might have been India-Australia double doubleheader that we'd played beforehand. And so we were, we got up to the end of the stand, and we could see the girls on the opposite side. And this is a soldier MCG. And I said to Frankie, mate, we're going to miss the bus. Like, we're going to have to find a quicker way of getting out there. And I said, look, I said, I've got an idea. Let's go down to the ground, use our all access pass, and we'll walk inside the boundary line and get across the other side. And Frankie's like, there's absolutely no chance. I was like, mate, just got to put our shoulders back. Let's act with a lot of confidence as if we're meant to be on the boundary. So, Frankie, she doesn't listen to me on commentary nowadays because she should have. She listened to me at that time, I was successful. And I tell her, I remember that story, and she goes, I still can't believe it. So we wandered down and like, I'm like, you there, mate? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's embarrassed behind me. Like, why are we doing this? And I was like, oh, g'day, mate. We just, just got to go over there and, and held up her puzzle, like, yep, no worries. Opens the gate. So here, this is a few, you know, I've had a few lemonades at this point. I had Frankie in. And um, and we, want, we were just walking inside the boundary line. And Frankie's just like, the crowd starts cheering. And we're thinking something's happened in the game. And they're cheering at us, and I was like, "Frankie, let's wave." So we were waving like this to the Indian crowd, and they were chanting as as we we're walking past. And the girls were just like looking at us, just absolutely cracking up, laughing. And we get there with five minutes to spare, and I was like high fiving Frankie. I was like, "That's the best thing we've ever done in our entire life." So we've got we've been five minutes early, and we've been cheered from the Indian crowd as well. So it was a real highlight. It started bad, obviously walking into a door, but then it was a highlight at the end of the day.
0: One of the more bizarre and crazy stories came from Craig Pryor in episode two, as he was facing pace bowler Heath Davis.
5: In terms of other other experiences while while I was playing, I mean, one one infamous one was when um, Heath Davis, and I think it might have been in one of my very first games for Auckland, you know, a bit of a nervous lower order left handed batsman. And Heath Davis, after tea, I'm facing the very first ball after tea, mm-hmm. and he runs into bowl and. He's picked up a piece of quiche from the afternoon tea and he's bowled it to me and I've I've hit it and it's just exploded everywhere and every, everyone in the Wellington team's been on the joke of course and uh, yeah and he's, he's he's come down and he's he's somehow I, I can't remember the wording but he's he's kind of said now now that's a pie you know and it's like well,
0: yeah it probably is but. Um, spoilt my back <laughs> I was going to say did he, did he get to, does, Do he get told off you know I could see a groundsman oh, running i go what are you doing I think in those
5: days it was it was just one of those things it was hilarious at the time <laughs> for everybody we, we kind of wiped everything down got on with it and got on with the game There's no no real um, ceremony about it mm-hmm. it was so just one of those at tea they just thought it was a funny thing to do so let's do it so he literally bowled your pie yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's literally that's awesome and, uh, it was um, yeah yeah I look back on it now, you know, and I got to know Heath um, very well uh, later in life when he came to Auckland and played for Cornwall and, and things. And great guy, but um, you know, just one of those strange things that happen in your life, and you and you remember it vividly because uh, yeah, you'll you, you'll never see it again.
0: <laughs> did it look weird as it was flying? Did you think something's? Up, or did well, you? <laughs> well,
5: he he had the ability to bowl that quickly. He didn't really have a lot of chance to react as much. Okay. It was kind of you're expecting this thunderbolt of a leather cricket ball mm. and and all of a sudden you you are and, and you're straight after a break as well. So you, you haven't mm. really adjusted to a lot of you know what you're seeing yeah. and
0: then oh hang on.
5: But it was pretty yeah. accurate. It was actually yeah. it was it was
0: coming at the stumps too. So uh, you know he did well to hold on to it. Must have been a full toss because there's no <laughs> way Keith <laughs> yeah, would have bounced. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Jameson is known for his brilliant bowling and tall stature. Many don't know that he was part of the Breakers Basketball Academy and also the profession he's looking at for life after cricket. The NZCPA's got a, a really good PD program, so you're thinking of maybe some more study, you know, life after cricket. Little birdie told me in the back of your mind um, education was an area you might have wanted to, to touch on, some, some teaching perhaps?
6: Yeah, I think it's certainly something I'm always sort of thinking of. It's always sort of front of mind around what I was going to do and yeah, like you said, the the CPA with the PD program is always there's so many resources to to help you sort of explore that area. And yeah, you know, like I said, fortunate to have to have that degree behind me, but sort of coming out of it I was like I don't really know if it was something that really interested me post cricket. And I'm fortunate now with you know, with cricket, I've got the luxury of now to just explore things without having to need to get a you know, need to get a job. And I guess you know, for me I'm a little bit looking for, for something that's gonna hold meaning in, in my Guess life after cricket, and that was where teaching kind of came in. I sort of explored that for a little bit. Not sure how far I'll go on that path, but you know, I thought the ability to be able to, to give back and to help kids, and you know, I guess to help them on their on their path was something I was yeah quite interested in. Just trying to explore that stuff. That's probably the, been the beauty of it. There's been no pressure to to have to do a degree or to have to do this or do this course or try this job or anything like that. It's just about exploring, talking to people, trying to just expand your knowledge and and see if something sort of is piqued your interest.
0: You might not have considered
6: this, but were you
0: thinking primary, intermediate, secondary, or or you haven't even got there?
6: Uh, yeah, I was definitely primary. So I went and um, spent a day in a school, just sort of observing, and uh, it was definitely primary for me. I think the ability to impact kids at that younger age was something that really attracted me to the, to, to that profession. You know, I look at my upbringing and you know the the people that are influential in those early years are you know obviously your parents but then often your teachers and you know I think with some of the life ex- well you know I guess the experiences that I've been exposed to and stuff I kind of felt like that'd be a path that I'd like to um, like to go down so it's certainly something I'm still interested in and just how it plays out with to just, just sort of wait and see
0: I know you get noticed when you walk into a room you know it's hard not to when you're six foot eight or when you walk into a Westfields or whatever tell me when you walked into that classroom and I don't know the age of the children they must have been looking at
6: you like oh my god this guy's a giant yeah, yeah, you get that a lot, eh? Like it's, it's, uh, l- yeah, like you said, it's hard to hard to hide when you're six foot eight, um, and obviously the younger you get, you know, the bigger you seem to people. So you're walking to these classrooms, and they're just like, "Oh, there's a guy that can actually hit the doorway when he walks through." And that's something you get exposed to every day in a child, in a sort of like year three or year four class. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Kids are just, you know, they just speak their mind and. Yeah, you know, there's no sort of nervousness or anything like that. They're just they're very forthcoming, which is yeah, it was pretty cool. Ross Taylor shared many a
0: great story in episode ten, including this one. Any stories from your playing days? Previous podcasts we've had Heath Davis bowling a pie uh, to, <laughs> to Craig Pryor. We've had chance meetings with LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. Who was that? Um, that was Susie Bates. So Bates. So. Yep, yeah, she met them at the Olympics. Uh, we've got Jacob Warren met Liz Hurley through Shane Warren and Couldn't Talk. Yep. Um, okay. Now, I vaguely remember either you or Guppy, speaking of stories, if you need me to jog your memory, um, one of you saved the other from drowning somewhere oh. um, many, many years ago. I don't know if you want to share that one, but okay. you must have some good ones. Oh, that, just... Without selling anyone down the river.
7: Um, I've been, been able to do some pretty cool stuff. Um, IPR 2009, we made the final for Bangalore. Uh, Jesse, Jesse Ryder, and myself. Um, Akon had performed, so we just went straight up to Akon and did our se- selfie. And he was tiny, actually. He was, he was it was it was a lot smaller than I was expecting. So Jesse, Jesse, and I—that was our <laughs> claim to fame. Akon I reckon one of the best things um, was going to Formula One. I reckon that's one of the best things we've ever done. Um, our owner at RCB owned Force India, and I—I oh. scored some runs in the. I think might even played against Otago And I got 50 odd um, And we are talking there And he said oh we've got the Formula 1 I said oh actually we're going to be there at the time I said oh any chance of some tickets So um, turned up there And I was walking the grid on the, in the paddock I was like I was real naive I mean what are we talking We're talking like 13, 14 years ago hmm. Didn't know what I was doing And I walked with this famous Bollywood actress uh, Deepika Padukone which Indian people would know. And I didn't know who she was um, until afterwards. And, yeah, so we were walking past Richard Branson and Lewis Hamilton and all these people were just on the grid. And here's this guy from Macedon, just a bit out of place. Um, And I didn't take it in that much, but I got back home and um, our trainer at the the time for CD was James Amon and his dad was Chris Amon, the famous Formula 1 driver. And I was explaining to him, he goes, mate, that's the most prestigious thing to do. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Probably should have taken it in a bit more, but um, yeah, I reckon to this day would be one of the one of the best things I've ever done. Did you get the phone out, or tempted, or too shamed? Yeah, my Nokia thirty three ten or whatever oh. at the time would have. I don't know. Well, Southies weren't really. Nah, two thousand nine. It was yeah, Abu Dhabi uh, Grand Prix. Um, I think it might have been either the first or second night race. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I didn't take it in. Naive. <laughs> So always go back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he doesn't own the
0: team anymore.
7: So we'll find you someone. Don't worry, mate. Uh, yeah. No so problem. Anyone
0: out there? Former police officer Rebecca Rolls shares a tale from both her football and cricket days on episode 11. I can jog you down memory lane if you want. I've been told you weren't always the super tough cop, you know, deadpan exterior type thing. Uh, and, and to ask you about a precious McKenzie dream a teammate had, I don't know whether to go down there, but you can you can go in a different direction totally if you want.
8: No, actually, Maya Jackman texted me today. So, have you done your podcast at Dennishead? No, that was hilarious. We, and it, you know, one of those, some of those relationships you formed from really young. It was a under 20s football tournament against Australia, and we, of all places in Englewood, where Melissa Rusco, who uh, has since become a Blackfern, um, she lived. And so we were billeted with her. So, me, her, Fiona Roberts, and Maya Jackman. And it was the most ridiculous. Yeah, just, and yeah, Fiona had a dream about Precious Mackenzie, but she kind of sat up and screamed out something. And, um, yeah, it was uh, frightening. Um, and that's probably where the uh, the scaredy cat story comes from because I, I completely crap myself. and know what was going on. But no, it, it was definitely a funny time. I, I've not met LeBron James uh, or Kobe Bryant. I have met Alanis Morissette when we were in uh, India in 97 playing the World Cup cricket. Uh, she was staying in our hotel and, and yeah, we got chatting to her, which was really weird. And then after that her song, Thank You India, came out, um, and I certainly haven't new new pies, though I did face, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but men and women's cricket balls are different weights. So the men's one is five and a half ounces, women's five ounces. I think that's what it is. Anyway, um, so playing, opening the batting for New Zealand uh, in a one-day international, the opening bowler Catherine Fitzpatrick, she never used to pick the balls up, when because opening bowlers choose the balls. She'd just be presented with the box, and she'd point to the one she wants to open with. So she did that. She runs in and bowls and it hits my back. And I'm, I thought, oh, my God, that feels horrible. I'm obviously, <laughs> this isn't going to be a good day for me. It was at, um, in Tasmania at Hobart. And then I saw her talking to the umpire and looking at the ball. And then she walked down and said, oh, this is a men's ball. So <laughs> she, it, it, she, they presented her with a box of men's balls and she bowled it. And so I was right in thinking it, it felt horrible. Um, obviously felt funny coming out of her. And then I said to the umpire, well, don't Tell me we have to start again because you know that's that's legit a dot ball that I faced and I haven't gotten out, so um, yeah, I don't because he was saying, Oh, we can just start the game again. I was like, No, 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 <laughs> it. I thought, oh, I've only got a golden duck, I got out not long afterwards, I think, but um, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's sports full of very, very funny, weird things you never plan, um, and made, made way more special by the people around you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this special edition of Through the Pickets. Have a wonderful summer, and we will catch you again in 2023. Through the Pickets is an NZCPA production. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and our members, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, nzcpa.co.nz. If you liked our podcast, please do take a minute to subscribe and give us a five-star review. I'm Dennis Katsanos, and you've been listening to through the pickets.